Hey y'all, you're listening to Damsels in Detroit, the podcast all about women from the city that are killing it in their industries. I'm your host, Evan Webb. Each week, I invite a damsel to come on and talk with me about their life, careers, and why Detroit girls do it better. Hey y'all, we're back. It's been a minute, I feel like, but we're back in action. It's episode 27 of Damsels in Detroit, and I'm sitting here with my friend Autumn Kyles, and she is the co one of the co-founders and the CEO of Detroit Dell. So, of course, I'm going to read a little bit about her before we get into our questions. So, Autumn Kyles is a co-founder and the CEO of Detroit Dell, Detroit's first safe-to-eat cookie dough manufacturer. Detroit Dell has been able to sell over $180,000 in cookie dough, equaling to approximately 60,000 cups. With Detroit Dough, Autumn and her team have had the opportunity to partner with large brands including U of M, Bedrock Detroit, Lululemon, MJR Digital Cinema, and Imagine Theaters. Her goal is for Detroit Dough to become the dipping dots of cookie dough within the next three years. Autumn is a two-time graduate of Hampton University. She was elected as the international second vice president of the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated for the 2014 through 2016 biennium. I hope I said that right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Serves as a... Um, co-coach for the JV Pom Pom team at Novi High School, and she currently resides in the metro area with her fam. Yeah, and your little brother, who I can't believe is, I'm sure not little anymore. Yes, he, he's turning 15 next month, oh and I'm God. like, where did the time go? Where did the time yes. go? Because I just remember he was always just like all up under you all the time. Yes, Ugh. yeah, he, yeah. It's crazy. Like I was, I was just talking to him today, and he's, uh, like, and he's about to like prepare for like driving right uh, and he's he's already on the road like he drove me to like his little uh football game and i'm like kevin like what's who are going you on? right like, i don't like it i yeah. don't i don't like it <laughs> <laughs> well let's hop right into our questions i'm excited yeah me too um so we started detroit dough in 2017 mm-hmm. so we're two years in now so yes i just want to know kind of where the idea to start a cookie dough company came from yeah, so uh, I was really inspired by Doe in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Doe is a um, brick-and-mortar shop. Uh, and I think I saw, like, an insider video, mm-hmm. like, on Twitter. And, you know, I love cookies. I love cookie dough. Like, I'm always the one getting, like, the break-and-bake cookies and, mm-hmm. like, never baking them. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so dope. Like, that's so cool. And, you know, I was having a conversation with my boyfriend, who is also uh, a co-founder of Detroit mm-hmm. Doe. His name is Daniel. And I was, you know, telling him about this idea, and I'm like, that's so cool. You know, somebody in Detroit should do it. Mm-hmm. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> but somebody in Detroit. And, you know, he kind of like took it and he was like, mm, okay. And then he like came back to me a month later and he was like, Autumn, like, I think we can do it. Like, it's a great idea. You know, desserts in Detroit, we're still like kind of growing in terms of Detroit foods. Mm-hmm. It's great, right? But we still, you know, we only have like a couple of things in the city. Right. Um, and he was like, why don't we do it? And, you know, I was really hesitant and I was like, okay, well, I don't know. We'll just try. I'm just going to kind of go along with the punches. And um, we originally wanted to do a brick and mortar um, mm-hmm. in our neighborhood of Northwest Goldberg. Okay. We did a couple pop-ups, incredibly successful. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think in any business, when you kind of test the waters, you realize you got to refine that idea. And right. And so um, we kind of figured out maybe a brick and mortar wasn't the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we decided that we, you know, wanted to pivot to something else. And that's where we kind of came up with manufacturing. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So with cookie dough, talk to me about this because I know like I just remember being little and like baking cookies with my mom and her always being like, you can't eat this dough because you'll get salmonella. And I'm like, yeah. has anybody ever really gotten right. salmonella from eating this cookie dough? So I kind of want to know, like when you saw this dough video from New York, what made you think like, OK, this can for sure be successful in Detroit? Like 
I know that this will work. Like, yeah. why not ice cream? Why not, I don't know, cakes? <laughs> right, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, you know, we talk about Detroit all the time and we talk about two Detroits. Mm-hmm. But I think more than anything, I think we can all agree that Detroit deserves a resurgence mm-hmm. and Detroit deserves cool things. And, um, you know, everybody has ice cream. We have really great ice cream everywhere, yeah. you know. Um, but when we, when we talk about, like, creative desserts and, like, creating something creative in the city that people go to and it's like oh have you ever been to Detroit in this like dough shop or Mm -hmm. this dessert place like I just wanted to create that vibe and I thought you know like at at this point in time at this juncture Detroit deserved it and and Detroit needed it especially from black owned yeah you know black people who have these ideas we deserve to have cool things that you know, we're known for in Detroit. Right. And so it was like, I, I just, I felt like this idea would work. And again, the original idea is is nowhere near where we are right mm-hmm. now. Um, but I think still it's, you know, creating this cool vibe of Detroit by black people. Yeah. You know, for black people and quite honestly for everybody in Detroit. Yeah. You know, I, I just thought it was, it was time. Mm-hmm. Love. So on your website, I was looking and it says that, the company is inspired by history, travels, and life experiences. So I just wanted you to like dive into that a little bit more if you can. Yeah. So um, one thing, one of uh, my experiences is I served as the second international vice president of Alpha Kappa Alpha. Um, so I was the highest ranking undergrad mm-hmm. in, in my sorority. Um, <laughs> and it's like, um, it's hard to explain because again, like, when I ran for it, I was, what, a junior, maybe a senior mm-hmm. in college. Um, and I didn't really understand what that whole role would entail. I just okay. knew that, you know, I'd be, like, leading my sorority as an undergrad. Okay. But one of the coolest things that I, I got the opportunity to do was I got the opportunity to travel the country and the world. So okay. almost every weekend um, I had class from, like, Monday to Thursday. And then Thursday to Sunday I was in another city. Okay. Um and I had the opportunity to try out new things and to see cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I also had a, the opportunity to go to Dubai. And I was yeah. like, you know what? Like, there's so many cool things out there. Like, you know, every city has their own little niche and their own little right. food spots. And it's like, why doesn't Det- Detroit have that? And mm-hmm. again, like, you know, in 2017, we were just starting to, like, build. And mm-hmm. it was like, okay, well, you know why why shouldn't we have edible cookie dough why can't we be known for the dessert capital mm-hmm. of the world um you know nashville you, you know you don't think of nashville as this foodie spot mm-hmm. but it is okay. right um and I, I just thought that you know with the opportunities that i saw around the world i just thought that detroit again deserved something cool so. okay so how did you come up with a perfect cookie dough recipe? Because I know in order for it to be edible, there's what, no dairy? Yeah. Um. So kind of tell me how you like tried that out. Was it like a trial and error, like with the consistency and like the taste? Yeah. So um, interesting, interestingly enough, uh, so Daniel, a co-founder, mm-hmm. and then Victoria, uh, we're all three. Mm-hmm. Daniel and Victoria are brother and sister. Okay. Um, and they also have another brother. His name is Theodore, and he is a pastry chef, okay. like self-taught. Nice. Um, and so when we came up with the idea, I'm not a food person at all. Didn't okay. go to culinary school, <laughs> nor did any of my business partners. So mm-hmm. um, we just kind of contracted Theodore. And, you know, he was, a, he was a, a team member at the time. And we were like, hey, Theodore, just come up with this edible yeah. cookie dough, you know. Um, so we don't put any eggs in it. Okay. Um, and we also don't put any raw flour. So okay. uh, eggs is a big thing, You like you talked about, right. salmonella. Um, but 
the risk can also be raw flour. Okay. Um, and so the reason why is because with raw flour, you could have some bacteria mm. on it, and that's why you're never supposed to eat unbaked, you know. Okay. Um, and I so that's know. why, like, you know, even brownie batter, even mm-hmm. if you, you know, so yes, good. eggs. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, the flour is also mm-hmm. an issue, too. We actually do put some dairy in it. Okay. Um, and of course, you know, you have uh butter, but we do have put some ev- heavy whipping cream in it just to make the consistency a little bit more smoother. Okay. But like honestly, we just we tried it a couple times. We figured out it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just kind of made sure that we kept the consistency. Um, again, like we don't have any preservatives in it, okay. which is really cool. Um. And we also use like real vanilla and anybody in the food space knows that vanilla is super expensive, but we don't cut corners. And Mm -hmm. I think it just kind of worked for us. Yeah. Um, And still to this day, I'm still like surprised that people still really love it because it's like, oh, you know, like it's just cookie dough. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, such a simple um, recipe that people still love it, which I think is cool. Yeah. So you have what five flavors right now? Yes. Okay. Let me see if I remember. Chocolate chip, Mm -hmm. brownie. The one without the chocolate chips. Yes. Uh, sugar. Mm-hmm. And I'm forgetting one more. Peanut butter. Peanut yeah, butter. You okay. I'll be doing my research. Listen. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and I also tasted it and it was good. Yeah. Um, when you did your first pop up at the Detroit Clothing Circle. Yeah. See. Okay. Yeah, that's back in the day. Back in the day, I was one of the first. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how did you figure out that those were the flavors you were gonna go with? And then did you have like a list of like 10 other ones that you wanted to do and it just kind of wasn't the right time yet. Yeah. So when we came up with the idea of a brick and mortar shop, we wanted to do a scoop shop. Mm-hmm. So um, the thought process of having cookie dough and then you could choose whatever mix-ins you want. So like very cold stone. Okay. If that makes sense. So, you know, with that, you really didn't need a bunch of flavors. You mm-hmm. just kind of needed the base. Right. And you needed, you know, just a whole bunch of other add-ons to make it special um when we decided to switch over to being manufacturing um and in the food service space um one thing that we found is that a lot of people just want the basic stuff okay you know they're not gonna be super adventurous and get this monster mm-hmm. mondo cookie dough right okay. they want to taste the chocolate chip first yeah or they want to taste the sugar or the brownie mm-hmm. Um, and so we just kind of kept it because we knew like if we're going to stay in this food service space, there's probably only like two or three that are really going to pop off. Right. right? Um, and so we didn't need to do all the extras. Now, um, you know, if we do decide ever, you know, in the future to do a brick and mortar shop, we might do some other cool flavors. Mm-hmm. But um, for now, we're, we're cool with the five. Yeah. And they're yummy. I think I had the I believe I had the chocolate chip. And it's good. But now that I'm, like, talking about cookie dough, I'm yeah. like, I wish I would have told her to bring me some. I know. You know what? And it's like, I I, I do these things, and, and I literally sit down. I'm like, dang, I didn't bring any cookie dough. Like, I, I forget about it mm-hmm. often. But, you know, I got you. you do know? you have it just stored in your house? Um, So, it's interesting. So, like, if we're going to, like, an event. So, like, we just did the U of M game. Mm-hmm. Like, I might have some in my house just to take there. But okay. most of our stuff is at our... um. At our uh, production facility, which is in on the east side. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I would just like hate to open my freezer and it's just like, oh. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like after a while, it's like I'm good, but then there's days where I'm like, I'm, I'm craving. So, yeah. I and mean, I might like go and get a little scoop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so funny. Um. So, well, you said that you were not a cul- or you're not a culinary chef, but like you love cookies. Yes. So, what is your favorite cookie flavor, or like your top three? My top three. Okay. So I like chocolate chips, okay. But 
I would say that I like no chip better than chocolate chip. And the reason why is because I feel like sometimes chocolate chips get in the way. Listen. Like, yeah, I, yeah <laughs> like I feel like sometimes you're just not in the chocolate mood. And yeah. if you don't love chocolate, like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm just like, I'm a fair weather chocolate man. Yeah. So I'm Same. like, yes. Like, <laughs> I like it. But like some people, like one of my best friends, she loves chocolate. And I'm like, I yeah, like I can't, I can't do, do it. it. <laughs> so like I would say no chip first, mm-hmm. then I'll put chocolate chip next. Okay. And then like I, I like variations of chocolate chip cookies. Okay. So like there's this um cookie at Pop Bellies. Mm-hmm. It is the the oatmeal chocolate chip. Oh yeah. One. That one Boy. goes crazy. Boy. Yeah. Bomb. <laughs> like my favorite cookie off top. Like okay. and I will go and get that cookie any day. Like mm-hmm. and I'm I'm like big. Like I'm never gonna ever like Turn down a cookie. Yeah. Like, if you offer it to me, Same. I'm going to eat it. Yeah. So, like, yes, that chocolate chip cookie's around. I think, I was just thinking about this. I was like, I used to go up for sugar cookies, but I don't like <laughs> yeah. them anymore. There's just too, like, I had one um, at my other job the other day. It was, like, one of those sugar cookies that had all of that frosting oh, on there. Uh, oh, I, I can't. can't. My teeth were, like, screaming. Yes. I, it was like, please. <laughs> I'm yes. like, all right, I tried. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm one of those people, like, the sugar cookie just has to be plain. Like, yeah. If you're making the holiday cookies, just give me a plain one right. that's fresh out the oven. Yeah. I don't need all of yeah. that. I like macadamia nut cookies. Yes. The ones from Subway are still, still to this yeah, day. Like, and I do not like Subway, but those cookies are good. Yes. <laughs> um, I like those chocolate chip and sea salt ones from Avalon. I think that the mm. sea salt just elevates it. Like it just yes. takes it to a different level. And, oh, what's my last one? It's going to sound, oh, oh, I like lemon cookies. My mom makes these really good mm, lemon ones. That sounds so and, good. And, like, honorary mention, we can talk about a ginger snap. I mean, yes. it's the holiday season coming up. So, I know that sounds very old to me, right. but they're good. But, like, like a good, like, oatmeal scotchy cookie mm-hmm. is so good. Like, I, I feel like I'm, like, I don't discriminate on cookies more than I do, like, on the consistency. Like, okay. it has to be soft. Yes. Like, I'm not going to eat, like, you know, the hard cookies that mm-hmm. you get, like... I don't yeah. know from Gordon Food Service. Like, right? I, like it has to be like a fresh cookie, like warm. Yes, like cr- little bit of a crunchy outside, not too crunchy. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I'm a snap on. Everything okay. else, you know, I might like taste or dabble mm-hmm. in a couple. So now, do you have to have milk with your cookies, or are you like? I can just eat it by you know, myself. Yeah, like it, it depends. Okay. Like if I'm sitting at home, yes, like okay. I'm gonna pull out, you know some like a glass of milk but mm-hmm. i feel like if i'm out and about i don't need like a real yeah jug of milk mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cookie and a hot chocolate is good for me you know yes. you know because we can't really do milk like that anymore unfortunately I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes so like girl i'm old like everything i'm like damn like listen 25 hit and you just be like oh i can't eat this anymore Got right it. <laughs> great lord <laughs> so like i said earlier two years in and you've already been super, super successful. So did you kind of anticipate the business growing this quickly? Or is it does it like freak you out a little bit where you're just like, okay, whoa, like I was not, yeah. I didn't think that it was going to be like this. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like I had high hopes for the business um, in whatever capacity it mm-hmm. would be in. Um, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily say that I anticipated it, but I, I wasn't surprised when we were able to sell what we sold. Like, okay. I, I stood behind the, the product. I stood behind the, the way that we pivoted. Um, and I think that, you know, with the pivot, it really helped us to get to where we are. So, so it's not surprising that we sold 60,000 cups. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely, like, certain things that, to me, like, I'm just like, whoa, like, how do we... Like, so, for example, Demo Day, mm-hmm. like... 
again, we applied, you know, I think in 2018, we didn't get it. You know, I was like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. We're probably too small, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when we applied this year, I was like, we'll probably still be too small. So when we got into Demo Day, number one, I was like, whoa, like, yeah, like Detroit, us, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then when we won it, it was like, well, like there's still, you know, still to this day where I'm like, I don't believe that like I actually went on demo day yeah. stage and like I won second place. Like I'm still like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe it. Yeah. Um so those opportunities and those moments are definitely like where I am like very shocked. Mm-hmm. Um but in terms of sales, I think like again, I, it's not that I expected it, but I'm also not surprised. Like right. I think I think we we did right but what by our business, you know? Okay. And just so y'all know Autumn won $100,000 at Demo Day, right? Yeah. So actually yeah. uh, $25,000 <laughs> in like a grant. Okay. And then we also won two hundred k okay. in a, uh, in like a 0% interest loan. So, oh, nice. Yeah. So it's, it's still, it's like, whoa, like I almost won a quarter of a million. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's so wild. To okay. Me. When you become a millionaire, don't forget about me. Girl, okay. I won't. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> So you've been able to partner with some really, really big brands. We mentioned some of them earlier, like U of M, Imagine, MJR. So how did you go about getting securing those partnerships? Like, were you seeking them out? Did they reach out to you? Um, and is pitching a cookie dough company difficult? Like, is it hard for people to really understand, like, the vision of, like, where you guys are trying to go? Ooh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> to answer your first question, so Daniel, um, he's really like our sales guy. Mm-hmm. This guy literally he he inspires me like mm-hmm. i have no clue how he gets the deals that we we get yeah. but i'm like bro like, oh, all right <laughs> not complaining right. like, go ahead. so imagine which was our first deal we actually got off a twitter dm oh wow so he twitter dm'd the new ceo and he was like hey you know i just saw you got this role congrats i have this business mm-hmm. you know would you be interested yeah at the time, you know, again, we had just started. So um, to put this in perspective, had our first sale November 2017, and we started having the conversation with Imagine in January. Okay. So brand spanking new, barely had packaging, barely mm-hmm. had, we, we were still making it out of our house. Yeah. And so, you know, Daniel, you know, Twitter DM'd him 20 minutes later, he, he DM'd him back and was like, hey, let's have a meeting. Um, had a meeting, uh... Daniel sold sold him on the idea and they were ready to go. But mm-hmm. one thing we realized was we didn't have a commercial kitchen. Okay. <laughs> we didn't have the right packaging. Like, I mean, we were like literally like on the sticks. Yeah. And so um, you know, Daniel just he he was able to finesse that partnership so that we had everything we need to fulfill it. And so um I, I think that deal really helped us to springboard a lot of other ones. So like U of M, mm-hmm. um, and then also MJR, like we recently got with a distributor called Vistar. Okay. And uh, because we were with Vistar, we were able to um, navigate that relationship. So a lot of it has been, um, you know, us banging on the right doors, being persistent. Yeah. Um, I, you know, one thing I, I, I will tell to any business owner is that you have to kind of let your pride, you yeah. know, go to the side and really like nag people mm-hmm. and like, you know, tell people about your business. Right. And again, like. You know, MJR didn't answer on the first knock. Okay. It took us three, four times, mm-hmm. you know, three, four conversations. Um, and so, you know, learning that from Daniel, I've been trying to apply that to myself and, like, you know, other ways that we can kind of expand the business. So mm-hmm. um, I hope that answered yeah. the first question. But second question, yes, 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 yes. It, it's incredibly difficult to pitch people on Detroit Dope because, number one, we are a very, like, we hear this comment a lot 
that we're a, a blue collar business. Okay. And I think the reason why people say that is because we're in food manufacturing, which okay. is such like, I don't want to say it's archaic, but it's just such, it's at the basic level, like what a, a business would be. I mean, you, you know, again, it's like, we're in the same industry as like the dairy, right? you know, or like eggs, right? Okay. Like people consider us like that. Gotcha. Um, but we're also like not in an industry where we're creating something super revolutionary. Like, yeah. so for example, Bonza, like mm -hmm. Bonza chickpea pasta, incredible invention, right? Mm -hmm. We're not inventing a new product. This product has been around forever. And plus we're in this industry that is very old, like concessions. I mean, the most creative thing that's come out of concessions is dip and dots. Mm -hmm. And that was 20 years ago, yeah. you know? So it's like, it's, it's, it's been interesting trying to sell people on this millennial led company okay. that's run like a startup, yeah. but is food concessions manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And so, um, because of that, I think, you know, again, it's hard for number one, us to receive a lot of like national funding because again it's like is it really creative right but, um i think we've done a really good job of trying to blend all of those concepts together in one to really show what detroit dough is and i think that's why like i'm super grateful for detroit demo day to give us that stage because right. again you know arguably on paper we aren't a demo day company yeah. but um yeah it's been it's been really interesting but i i think we've done a really good job yeah you have Thanks. Every time I see one of your posts, I'm like, go Autumn. I'm so <laughs> proud <you>. of <laughs> So we were just talking before we started recording about you just quit your full-time job. Yes. Were you doing marketing? So, or? yeah, I was actually in consulting. Okay. So uh, I was uh, like a, um, a tech um, digital and um, like data analyst. Okay. So I was doing like a lot of pretty bars and charts yeah. um, and getting paid really well mm -hmm. for it. <laughs> uh, and so I quit uh, March 31st. Okay. So right after Q1. Um, oh, so it's been like six months almost. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, again, like I think your question was, how, how have I been dealing yes. with it? Like, how does it feel? Mm -hmm. um, and one thing I will say is that I don't think I was supposed to be in corporate. Okay. I think it was something that I was good at. Yeah. And I think it was a skill that I developed really well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I've lived my life being okay with what's like kind of offered to me. Okay. And just knocking it out of the park. Because yeah. again, like you and I are, we're just, you know, you could just take on something and, and make it really good. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing that I found was that it wasn't something that I was really in love with and what I was comfortable with. Okay. And, um, I, you like I had to question myself like am I comfortable with you know taking a beating on my mental health okay. for this check yeah. right am I comfortable with just allowing myself to be good at something and not really have passion for it mm -hmm. and so um when I quit I knew that number one it was for the business but number two it was for myself and mm -hmm. so um when I quit uh I didn't know what to expect yeah um I'm fully enjoying it my mental health is like way better now mm -hmm. um is it easy not at all yeah um, I mean we're in this kind of like space right now Detroit Dell where we gotta get another account we gotta get another NJR okay uh and we don't know where it is yeah. you know we've been knocking on these doors and it's right. like that that's difficult mm -hmm. you know but I'll say you know and like I was telling you before if this doesn't work out if Detroit Dell has to fold tomorrow I'm gonna be so proud of myself for taking that leap and mm -hmm. not being scared of doing my own thing yeah because again you know 
at least I did it, right? Yeah. Um, and that I feel like is going to carry me more than just accepting corporate America. Yeah. You know? So it's interesting that you said that because I think that sometimes when people start their own businesses, they don't think about, like, there's a potential that this might not go yeah. where you want it to go. Yeah. So even with me working at a startup now, we went on a team retreat and our CEO was like, there's a chance that this might not work out. Like the company is doing really well, but he's just like, we're doing great right now. But like, what if in five years we're not? And I was just like, Hmm, (laughs) did not think about this. But do you think that that's something that's like constantly in the back of your mind? Like this might work or it might not, but we're just going to test the waters and see, like, do you feel like those thoughts are always just like kind of lingering or are you pretty like optimistic for the most part? It, I think it does. Okay. Um, it, it is something that I'm consistently thinking about, especially in these like kind of low points where we might not be meeting our sales goals mm-hmm. or um, the money might be not be flowing as it was yeah. in Q1 or Q2. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that people who are able to accept that and say, okay, let me think of a million different ways to make this work mm-hmm. instead of just relying on you know, something to change. I think that's where real entrepreneurship lies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think real entrepreneurs are able to pivot. And I think that's something that I didn't really understand when I first started Detroit Doe. I, I was very much so like, if we're not starting a, a brick and mortar, like, why are we doing okay. this, right? Um, and if it wasn't for Daniel and if it wasn't for Victoria being like, no, this business demands that we pivot or mm-hmm. we're not going to exist. Um I wouldn't be able to be so comfortable in the unknown right now because, again, I feel like I'm more comfortable in this space to say, if it doesn't work, I can pivot. Yeah. If this doesn't work, even in my personal life, right, yeah. this doesn't work, I'll pivot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that being being agile, that's where real entrepreneurs thrive. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where this is pushing me to. And it's no longer, like, a fear more than it is, like, just this opportunity to be agile and make it work mm-hmm. you know i hope that yes yeah. that was a good answer well we got three listener questions Yay. so breakfast at six um from instagram hello sarah hey, um, she was on a couple weeks ago um she said that she saw and loved your pitch on demo day what was your biggest lesson from that process Ooh, a lot <laughs> so um demo day is was probably one of the most interesting pitches that i did because not just a lot of things number one it was a short pitch Mm -hmm. a minute and 30 seconds which is crazy like a pitch should never be that no (laughs) sure at all like and like I was thinking like how am I gonna make this work Mm -hmm. but um a minute and 30 seconds uh Quicken Loans only does productions like and I think like everybody knows this (laughs) if you go to a QL event it is a production all day (laughs) um so like I had like the Britney Spears mic like Mm -hmm. like all of these cameras we were in like a big state like it was like you just get so shocked by it all yeah um so it was a production and then number two like the timeline to get everything done was so short I think we you know maybe heard that we were in demo day three weeks before the pitch lord so um Again, like just high pressure, um, high stakes environment. Um, One thing that I learned that I think will help me Mm -hmm. going forward was I really learned the real framework of a pitch that I didn't think I had before. Like I I think, you know, a lot of people kind of like 
rely on their charisma. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's great. I think that carries a lot of people far. But there really is an art to a pitch yeah. um, that a lot of people don't know. And um, like I, we had a, a pitch uh, coach. You know, thank you so much, Jeff Ponders. His name is Jeff Ponders. He, I know Jeff. Yeah, he's a rock star. Wait, Jeff that plays the saxophone? Yes. I know Jeff. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, he really kind of gave us the keys. Mm-hmm. And like if it wasn't for Jeff, I don't think we would have won anything, okay. you know? So that's number one. Um, number two, I think I learned a lot about the power of feedback and humility. Mm-hmm. Like, th- I think I ran through that pitch and I reiterated it maybe 10 times. Okay. And every time I, c- I came in, I was like, this pitch is hot. I got it. <laughs> and then I would do the pitch and they were like, mm, nah, I think let's try again. Yeah, this. try again. <laughs> nah, and it was like, whoa. Like, it, you know, again, and it's like, I've I've been on a bunch of stages. I've I've done a lot of talks and luncheons and, right you know speeches but like you know to hear this a minute 30 pitch be mm-hmm. reiterated and told it sounds like crap you know a bunch of times it helped me to realize that like again like not everything you do is going to be hot right and you, you have to be okay with refining because again you know two heads are better than one mm-hmm. and better believe 10 heads are better than two right so um it just really helped me to be you know more humble about how to create a pitch hear everybody's advice take what you need take what you don't or let let go of what you don't mm-hmm. um and really refine it and again yeah. like that was 20 people's ideas of a pitch in one it right. wasn't just me on that stage and i and again like i think a lot of people just kind of saw me and they thought oh i'm yep. super dying mm-hmm. like if it wasn't for jeff victoria daniel uh, the girls at the 10 who mm-hmm. helped me a lot. Yeah. Thank you, Annika. Um, if it wasn't for those people like who helped me out throughout the process, I, w- I wouldn't have gotten second. So, yeah. yeah, I think those are the two biggest things mm-hmm. that I've learned. Yeah, a minute and 30, that's just... Yeah, I don't what? think I ever want to do it. That, I mean, <laughs> that, that short again. How, can we do like five minutes? Right, like, like, and then they, they wanted like visuals too. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Right, because like, I know you guys had to do the video. Yeah. And then... Like, I was just looking at some people, and I'm like, they are talking so fast, but, like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I understand why. Yeah. Was there anybody that kind of, like, didn't get finished with theirs before the 90 seconds? Oh, oh yeah. A bu- yeah, a bunch of them. Um, I would be so devastated. <laughs> yeah, and, again, it's like I, I get why because, again, they like, the, the run of show was so fast mm-hmm. that, like, yeah, you needed 30 seconds for the video, 30 seconds to – to bake into people cheering you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so it's like you really couldn't do more than a minute and a half mm-hmm. but again it takes a lot of preparation yeah a lot of wordsmithing mm-hmm. figuring out what words to use oh my gosh that's an art in itself yes. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it was a lot of fun because you don't want to be up there talking like ti using them big old right, wires and people yeah. like girl okay Hella what about the dough like <laughs> girl <laughs> so on the way jay from instagram says what is your favorite part about your business Mm, my favorite part about Detroit Doe. I think my favorite part about Detroit Doe is that we we do it for more than just the dough. Like mm-hmm. I think um a lot of people kind of want business owners to be like so wrapped up in like what they do. And it's like I'm I'm the first person to admit that I have no real passion for cookie dough making a difference in this food world. Mm-hmm. Like that's not my passion at all. Yeah. My passion is, you know, creating a product that's new and innovative number 1 mm-hmm. and doing it with people I love for the city that I love. Mm-hmm. And I think um, you know, that 
has resonated with a lot of what we do in Detroit in Detroit Dough. Um, specifically, we have Dough That Makes a Difference, uh, which is our pledge where we give 5% of all of our revenue back to our neighborhood, which is Northwest Goldberg. Nice. Um, and we've seen the impact of this 5% already in two mm-hmm. years. I mean, we've um, already helped um, build a neighborhood garden. We've helped build um, an art park that is uh, currently now open. Um, and then now we're helping, the money is helping to build a hollow maze, which is uh, the first design of its kind in mm-hmm. the city of Detroit. Uh, and thanks to Detroit Future City. So again, it's like, you know, I, I think that again, it's like, people want you to care about your product and you don't have to do that. I think you just have to be passionate about something Mm -hmm. and have the chops to be able to blend those two together. And um, that's what I love. Love it. Um, And then my friend Robert was asking about a brick and mortar store. And as you mentioned a couple of times, like eventually, or that's something maybe along somewhere down the line, like you would like to do that. Mm -hmm. But let's just say, let's play pretend. It's like five years later. Yeah. What if you had a brick and mortar, what would it be like? Where would it be located? And what could people like expect when they walk in? Yeah. So if we were to ever have a brick and mortar, um, so Daniel and I are like super inspired by Kith. Okay. Um, so Kith Treats is like the coolest thing to us. Mm-hmm. So we would want it to be like very similar to Kith Treats. Mm-hmm. Like just super like, you know, suave, like yeah, like you're coming in there for cookie dough, but it's it's more for the vibe, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then you, I'm sorry, your question would be what what would it be like? Mm-hmm. Um, and then where would it be located? Yeah, so I mean, it would be cool to have it in downtown Detroit. Yeah, rent's expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> but I think um, if we were to ever play pretend and and like in a perfect world, we'd probably be like one of the few brick and mortars in Northwest Goldberg. Okay. And like have people to come by, like just just like how Sister Pie kind of mm-hmm. like you know is is a cornerstone for the East Side. Not saying that she is the East Side at yeah. all, but like you know she has this cornerstone in the right. East Side, and um, how a lot of businesses are. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I would love to have Detroit Doe be like the cornerstone of Northwest Goldberg. Okay, love it. Thanks y'all for those questions. I just have a few more before mm-hmm. we're done. Um, so what is next for Detroit Doe? I know you said like right now you guys are looking for your next account. So once that is secured or who would be like your ideal account? If like you could choose somebody to just pluck from the sky yeah. and be like, this is our next partner, who would that be? And then after that's secured, what do you want to do next? Yeah. So I would like to um, score like a big movie theater chain, mm-hmm. like a AMC or like a Cinemark. I think that would be like super dope. Mm-hmm. Um we're trying to figure it out now. I mean, again, we're we're such a small company. I think too, like one thing that a lot of people don't realize is just the three of us. We don't yeah. have an employee. Right. We're still renting out of somebody's kitchen. Mm-hmm. All of the cups that we've made, those sixty thousand, have been packed by all of us. Mm-hmm. Um. So we're still like super small. But I mean, if we can finesse something like that, I'll, oh my gosh, I would love it. Yeah. Um. I think realistically, uh, what would be the next step would to like kind of expand to other independently owned movie theaters okay. in the Midwest. Um, Michigan is a very interesting market where we have an MJR and mm-hmm. Imagine. Um, we have Celebration Cinemas that's over on the west side of the state and like everywhere in between. So we okay. have like 10 independently owned movie theaters that have about 10 theaters per chain. Mm-hmm. That's not the same in like maybe Ohio or Illinois. So we're like trying to figure out how do we expand. But um, I would love to expand to the Midwest and kind of be like this Midwest brand for now. Mm-hmm. Um, if we could get it acquired. 
that would be love. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know. It's like I feel like, again, it's like I can't expect anything anymore. I feel like this is not what I expected two years ago. So it's right. like I can, I can only just kind of be grateful for what we're going to do going mm-hmm. forward. But I think that would be the next step. Mm-hmm. And you also talked about how much you guys are doing for the community, which I absolutely love because it's so important to just give back to where you came from and like just not forget about the people that are here. So what else do you guys want to do to continue to support like Northwest Goldberg and then also other neighborhoods in the city? Yeah. So um, again, Northwest Goldberg is like kind of our neighborhood. It's like kind of what we claim first. So um, I think if anything, I would love to be able to employ people mm-hmm. from that neighborhood. Um, when you talk about just in general how hard it is for for people to get to jobs, yeah, like from from point A to point mm-hmm. B, like without transportation, and we don't have a mass transportation right. system that really supports people. Mm-hmm. If we ever, you know, were to create our own space, our own production facility, I would love to employ people who are from the neighborhood Mm -hmm. and if you know if we can expand it people from Detroit and I think again when we employ our own we employ homegrown people I think that can help you know the economy as much as creating you know a storefront right so I think that would be next um in terms of like Northwest Goldberg Cares, which is the 501c3 mm-hmm. um, organization that's doing a lot of the work, I know one thing that they're doing next is they're looking to create like a, a bus stop that's okay. like a, a rest and ride. Um, and I'm really looking forward to kind of helping them achieve that goal as well. Um, so again, it's like, I, I, it's so cool. I think, you know, again, when we created this, we had no clue how it was going to affect, but like, we're now starting to see like a real impact and change into the neighborhood. And Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm looking forward to seeing that kind of progress. Yay. Um, what does it mean for you to be a damsel in Detroit? Ooh, what it means to me. Um, I think being a damsel in Detroit, I think it's all about the hustle Mm -hmm. of Detroit. Um, being a woman completely different hustle being a black woman yeah is a completely different hustle and i think that one thing i love about black detroit women is that we're so unique and free in who we are Mm -hmm. and we you know kind of take on this whole persona of detroit being like you know resilient strong and beautiful in our own way Mm -hmm. and i don't think i've met any detroit woman who isn't confident in who she is like who isn't beat who doesn't beat to her own drum Mm -hmm. and like you know, I think more than anything, when you go out to these different cities, and again, like I've I've lived in Houston, I've um, obviously lived in Virginia, right. been to D.C., been to all these places. You know, a Detroit girl when she stands mm-hmm. out, and so I think that that uniqueness and that passion and the you know strength of like being an individual, uh, I think that's what it means to be a damsel in Detroit. And I think again, it's like you you know a Detroit girl when you yeah. see her out here, like. When, regardless of if you're in Houston, mm-hmm. you're in Cali, you know a Detroit yeah. girl. So I think that's like that's that's the coolest thing about us. Love. And lastly, where can people connect with you on social and on the web? And where can they buy some cookie dough? Yes. So please follow me on um, all my social media. Uh, so I'm at Fall Night Lights on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I don't think I have a Snapchat anymore. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yeah, who does? Like, who does? <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, um, Fall Night Lights on everything. 
Um, you can also follow Detroit Doe at Eat Detroit Doe on all social media, including Facebook. I mean, if you want to connect with me on Facebook, that's really for my mama. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'm Autumn Kyles on Facebook. Um, in terms of buying us, if you're in the city, we are at the Michigan Science Center. We're also at Little Caesars Arena which is uh, our hugest and, and biggest uh, account that we have so far mm-hmm. next to MJR. So please, please, please go buy us at Little Caesars Arena. Um, in terms of outside in the suburbs, we're at MJR Theaters. We're also at Oakland University and University of Michigan's uh, football and basketball games. And I know I'm missing some places, but please just go to the <laughs> website uh, and go to our social and engage with us on there. Mm-hmm. Oh, Another thing okay. that I forgot to mention in Shameless Plug, we will be at uh, Quicken Loans and uh, Bedrock Detroit's Holiday Markets. Oh, yay. So that is going to be in Capitol Park. We'll be there from um, November 13th until the new year. Okay. So January 1. Um, please, 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 please come by. Yes. We're going to have some cool stuff, mm-hmm. um, some cool merch. Ooh. I am trying to get some wrapping paper, but we'll see about that. Oh, I don't know. so cute. I know. I'm like, who doesn't want like cool you know, cooking right. wrapping paper. Like, so um, <laughs> but like, yeah, we'll have some cool merch, cool products. So that will probably be the easiest way to get us um, over the next couple of months. So. Okay. Cool. Thanks, Autumn. Yeah. Thank I you. had so much fun. Thanks, and it's Evan. always good to see you. Yeah, same. Um, well, guys, thanks for listening. As always, I want you to remember that Detroit Girls do it better. And I'm pretty sure I'll be back next week. So I don't think I have anything crazy going on. So we'll be back next week, y'all. So thanks for listening. Bye.